We are continuing in Perek Bays of Saita Ein Yaakov. We are in Nun Vav, which is on page Resh Tes Zion in our books. And we are doing a small section today with a ton of commentary on it. This is one of the most famous Gemaras in Shas. You've heard this one like every wedding. This is everybody's go-to wedding drasha, and it is from here. This is the mucker for it. Darash Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva gave the following drasha. Ish v'isha shezachu shechina b'neim. If a man and a woman merit, then the shechina will be between them. Shechina b'neim. Zachu shechina b'neim. What? What was that? Oh, no, no, that's not the one. <laughs> if they are not zeicha, if they are not meritorious, a fire will consume them. So a man and a woman, if they're doing things right, the shechin is between them, and if not, the fire consumes them. This is it. Yeah, this is it. This is the part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is it. And by a woman, it's going to be worse than by a man. My time, why is it worse by a woman than a man when the fire consumes them? Why? Okay, look, hi, matzrif, the highlight matzrif. Now, the way Rashi understands this is that when it comes to the word ish, there is an aleph, a yud, and a shin. So there's a yud intervening between the word ish and the, in, the, in the word ish. So ish is spelled aleph, yud, shin, which has the word ish in it, but there's a yud in between. So the fire in the ish, the fire in a man that could consume him, is somewhat attenuated by the fact that there's a yud sticking there in between. Whereas by an isha, the word isha is spelled aleph, shin, hey, which means her fire is just waiting to go. There's nothing in between it. Her fire, when it goes, really consumes. That's how Rashi understands it. We're going to look at some other commentaries. But let's, let's keep reading for now. Huh? Amarava. <laughs> we actually do. You'd be surprised. Amarava. Rava says, Why does the Torah say that we should bring offer to a Saita? That when we're doing the May Saita, the Sota water, which is this potion that we give to her to figure out whether she's telling the truth, we sprinkle dirt on it. Why do we sprinkle dirt on the May Saita? Well, first of all, because the Torah says so. What's the Drasha? That is to mean that if she is telling the truth, then she should have children who are just like Avram Avinu. And Avram Avinu said, that I am dirt and ashes. So, she, so we sprinkle dirt on top to tell her, look, if you're telling the truth, you're going to have kids like Avram Avinu. If she is not telling the truth, then she's going to return back to the dust. So the dirt there is symbolic to tell her if you're telling the truth, your kids will be like Avram Avinu, and if you're lying, you're going to go back to the dirt that we're sprinkling on top. The main drasha here, of course, the thing we're going to focus on today is this very famous drasha that when it comes to a man and woman who are zachu, who are meritorious, the shechina is in their lives. The shechina is between them, and if not, then the fire consumes them. What does zachu mean? Now, I always thought that this meant if they're like good yidden or something like that. That's the way that it was always said at wedding drushes. Rashi doesn't say that, and as a matter of fact, I didn't find anybody who says that. Everybody says this is nus. If they don't engage in nuf, if, they are, if, they are, if they're not engaging in sexual impropriety, then shechina b'neim, and if not, shechina, not the fire will consume them. This doesn't seem to be whether the guy like goes to shachris on time. I always thought, I assumed that like, you know, Miss Dea shachris, a shachaltim. That's not the way that it works. It's apparently, this is specifically a drusha having to do with znus. Huh? No, it's not about going to Shachas either? Okay. If anyone is playing loud recordings in the back of the room, please do it with headphones or something. Igris. Huh? No, it's Zachu. It's, it's meritorious. It's not clean. It's meritorious. In Igris, volume 10, page 80, the Rebbe says that you should note that Zachu is plural. I guess that's kind of obvious to some people, but I never really noticed it before. It's Zachu, which means that it's not just that you have to be good, the men in this room. The women have to be good too. And if one party doesn't hold up their end of the deal, then the fire consumes both parties. So it's not that a guy can be good. If a, guy, if a guy's good and his wife's rotten, both are going to get burnt up. If the, woman's, if the woman's rotten and the guy's good, both parties are going to get burnt up. Each, when you enter into a marriage with somebody, one of the things that might want to be a priority for those of us in the room who are not married yet, is try to pick somebody who's not going to end up make you consumed by hellfire. That is important. So one of the things you look for in a woman, we're looking for good midas. I mean, I read so many shidduch resumes, they're so generic, right? Looking for good midas and someone who likes adventure, but not too much. You know, things like that. If you are, uh, if you are in that parsha, also maybe somebody who's not going to consume you with hellfire. Uh, why does it hurt the woman more than the man? 
Why does it hurt the woman more than the man? Rashi says, the way that I explained, because there is no letter between the Aish and Isha, and there is a letter between the Aish the, 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 uh, the and Ish. There are, some couple, there are a couple other interpretations. There's a Ben Yayada. The Ben Yayada says that when she does Neof, she causes both of them to do an Aveda. This is very interesting. So if she commits adultery, she sleeps around, then she is ushered to her husband. Because she's ushered to her husband, the next time they're together, the husband and the wife are both doing an Aveda, right? She did an Aveda through her sleeping around. Now he does an Aveda by being with someone when he's not allowed to be with Al Piyalacha. Whereas when the man does an Aveda, he did not asser himself to his wife. So his Aveda is only the Aveda that he did with the Zaina or with whatever woman he cheated with. Maybe he's messing up her relationship with her husband, but at least it doesn't bounce back on the woman. The woman doesn't do an Aveda when she's with him again. I know that was a little complicated, but if you got it, you got it. And if not, ask me again afterwards. There's a chidah. The chidah says that the shechina is more revealed by women than men. You've heard this one before, that women are more spiritual, have a higher spiritual level. I am here to add that the chidah doesn't necessarily say that. The chidah says that the shechina is more revealed by men, but it actually is deeper and more powerful. I'm sorry, the shechina is more revealed by women, but it's deeper and more powerful by men because the revelation of God is always less powerful than the hidden aspect of God, right? When God shows up somewhere, it's always... So all the guys who have been, who have been feeling, I know, you know, one of the major problems in our society is that, is, is the, is that men are downtrodden, right? No, not, it's not. <laughs> but for any of the men who needed an extra boost to their already enormous egos in the patriarchy, you can now add to the fact that the thing that we say women are at a higher spiritual level, what that really means is that they have a higher giloy of shechina, not a higher level of shechina bichlal. Anyway, the chida says, since they have a higher giloy shechina, the shechina is more revealed by women than men, then that means that when the shechina departs, or when the shechina turns into, a, into an all-consuming hellfire, then it's going to show up more in a woman than a man. So that's one of the chida's answers for why it hurts the woman more than the men. There are many applications for this idea of zachu shechina benem, the idea that when a man and women are doing things properly, specifically with their, uh, specifically in relations, but all, all, all around. When, when women are behaving properly, you have Shechina Benayim. We see this in quite a few places. I want to give you a bit of a rundown in Chassidus and in other places where this has some less expected applications, and with that, we'll end for the night. So, here's a couple applications to Zachu Shechina Benayim, that if they are meritorious, the Shechina will dwell within them. First of all, it's uh, brought in the Shla and in many other places that because the Yichud between a man and a woman in Kedusha will unite Shem Yud Hey because the man has a Yud and the woman has a Hey in her name so that is that when they're together Zachu Shechina Benayim that means that what a wedding is and what, a, what relations are when they're done properly in a way of Kedusha is not a dirty thing Chas v'shalom, and also not a gross thing Chas v'shalom. what it really is is the unification of the two parts of God's name it's a, name, it's a Shem Yud and a Shem Hey united when it's done properly it's uh, so special that it can allow a Neshama to enter the world that's why Neshama is able to enter the world under such circumstances um, I know we have a mixed crowd here, but just to say something that, uh, that I might regret saying later in our mixed crowd, and I don't mean mixed crowd with men and women, we have different ages here, but I remember one of the, something that my chassan teacher pointed out that's just an Indian in halacha that's interesting, is al halacha, a lot of the things that are forbidden in the bathroom are not forbidden during tashmish. And l'chera, that's because tashmish is an act of absolute kedusha. It's not a dirty thing. It's not seen that way in halacha. Anyway, if you understood, you understood. If not, um, if not, no, if not, ask me later. If not, then, uh, then b'shatev, you should get married and find your zivug nechen. You'll understand when you're, understand when you're married. Okay. Uh, there are quite a few achreinim. I'm happy to. There are quite a few achreinim who mention that this is why matchmaking happened on Yom Kippur. This is a classic question, is that you might remember the tub of, that, they, that the women would go out to the fields and they dance and they borrow clothes. If you look at that Gemara, it says this happened twice a year. This happened on tub of and also on Yom Kippur. Can you imagine this being a thing on Yom Kippur? On Yom Kippur, the women go out to the fields, they dance in their white clothes, they'd say, Bachar Sana. Can you imagine me? It makes sense on Tubav, on Yom Kippur. And a lot of Achernim explain that the reason why is because when Shidduch is done properly, when marriage is done properly, you're unifying Shem Yud and Shem, and, and, and the 
letter Yud and the letter Hey of God's name. You're unifying God's name. This is Yichudim. You don't get a higher Yichudim than making a Shidduch. Now, obviously, this has to be done in a way of Tznias and a way of Kedusha, which is not something I think we're capable of nowadays when it comes to dancing in the fields in different people's clothes. But the idea being that these things are so holy that they have a place on Yom Kippur. And somebody who thinks that Yom Kippur is davening in Shul by Ni'ilu with tears streaming down your face and not a Shidduch is missing the point. You can make your life with your wife as holy as any Yom Kippur. That's the message of, uh, of Shidduchim taking place on Yom Kippur. A lot of on this Indian. This is also why, according to Igris, we avoid lavish weddings. This is in Igris, volume 16, page 40. The Rebbe says that he finds it very strange that people spend a whole lot of money on very fancy weddings. They need a chasna gedela, babashash nagesh, tia chasna gedela beechos. He says, really, a chasna gedela should not be in commas, it should be in echos. It should be a qualitatively big wedding. He says that when it says in the Pasuk that they made a mishta gadol, mishta gadol means shagadol halam yesham, that means that the great one of all of the worlds was there. A real mishta gadol, a real big chasna means that God himself decides he wants to show up. The whole point of a chasna is shchina that there should be God in their lives between them, and that does not mean that we have to have incredible expenses to impress our neighbors. So the Rebbe, in a lot of his letters that are against big, lavish weddings, mentions that the whole point of a wedding is to be miyached yichudim, and you can't imagine miyached yichudim would need to be done dafka with a seven-piece orchestra and with a giant uh, with a giant banquet. This is not at all necessary, and the Rebbe pushes back against it in many, many letters. Although this is one of those many places where I'm not sure anybody ever listened to the Rebbe about this. Maybe they should start. There's a shloss. The shloss talks about the importance of the wedding day itself. And uh, he says people waste it all the time. He says, I don't know where he lived, but apparently where the Shalal lived in a lot of places, the minig was for a husband and wife on their wedding day or on their wedding night to sit around and play cards with each other. He said, this is ridiculous. He said, this is the time of the Yechudim, of, uh, of Yud and Hey. This is the time the wedding is before the wedding. He says that they should be fasting. They should be doing chova. This is like Yom Kippur. A lot of the things you've heard about weddings actually come from the same Shalal. The Shalal says this is all based on the idea that what they're building up toward is the Yechud of of, of Yud and Hey on their wedding day. So the idea of Shechina Benam ends up translating into having a wedding day, a day of holiness, instead of a day of uh, partying and unnecessary... Um and unnecessary, unnecessarily large chasnas with large expenses. There's a letter from the Rebbe when it comes to avoiding divorce, where he also, well, he also talks about Shechina Shrei Benam. In Igris, volume 8, page 210, the Rebbe says, We know how much Chazal care about Shalom Bayes when it comes to between a husband and a wife, because Now, we have a lot of reasons to like Shalom Bayes, but the Rebbe points out that one of the main reasons to like Shalom Bayes is when a husband and wife are getting along, you're being miyached yechudim. You're taking one letter of God's name and uniting it with another letter of God's name. You're bringing the Shechina into the house. When the husband and wife are arguing, chas v'shalom. Now it says here in Rashi, this is dafka by Neil. If the Rebbe seems to be extending it, and I'm happy to make that extension if the Rebbe is happy to make it. When a husband and wife are arguing with each other, the shechina is not in the house, and Aisha chaltan. This is there has to be peace between a husband and a wife. And when there's arguments, chas v'shalom, this can cause rachman alitlan, not such good things in the house. So peace between a husband and a wife. And the Rebbe says in this letter, I'll, I want to quote this. He says, you should know that uh, women are datim kale. They are uh, they're, they're datim kale. I'll translate your own way. Isha demayis mitzulio. Women cry easily. Vishar demayis leinanalu in the gate of tears is never closed. It says that generally speaking, the husband should give in. He goes, look, women cry easily, and when the gates of, the gates of tears are never closed, God tends to listen to the side that's crying, and you're probably not doing the crying. Generally speaking, there are exceptions, of course. You've got to stand your ground on certain issues, especially when it comes to chinuch, by the way. If a woman says, huh? Yes, talking about God, that's what I just said. In Inyani Chinuch and Inyani Kedusha, you absolutely cannot be Mavater. When it comes to Inyani Gashmim uh, specifically, we actually have a whole Igrish here on this. When it comes to Inyani Gashmim, you really should give in almost all the time. Uh, obviously, you can't be a doormat, but uh, maybe you should sometimes be a doormat. Uh, the Free the Kedeva talks in, uh, in Sichas, the Free the Kedeva talks about men who would say that they can't send their children to Chinuch al Taras because their wives won't allow it, and he rails on this idea. said, Why in the world are you listening to your wives when it comes to Inyani Kedusha? So, when it comes to how you treat religion in your home, you really can't be Mavater. But I'll tell you this, I'll t- 
secret, secret to happy marriage. I guarantee you that if you're Mavata on everything but Kedusha, you'll never fight. You're not fighting because you're, because you're standing your ground on Kedusha and nothing else. You're, if you're fighting, you're standing your ground on some Gashmias too. Make a deal with your wife. You handle Gashmias, I'll handle Ruchnias, you'll never argue. <laughs> it's, because the men, it's because the men don't give in on the Gashmias. Anyway, this is also co- connected to Shechina Shrei that if there is Shalom Bayis, there will be a Shechina between them. And part of the way to make sure there's Shalom Bayis and a Shechina in your home is Mimavata when it comes to Yanim Gashmiyim. And not Yanim Ruchnim, I don't think. I don't think. Some, okay, wait, one more thing. Sorry. Oh, wow. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, my goodness. Mendel's ready to go. You know, these are going long. I'm sorry. I want to do one non-wedding one because a lot of people in this room are not married yet. They should be married very soon. Amen. But uh, in case you are not married or want an application that doesn't have to do with marriage, there's a mimer from the Mitle Rebbe. Huh? Or you're going to Uman, in which case you won't be married for very long. There's a... I didn't say that. This is time of slichas. I have so much chuba to do and 90% of it is this year. <laughs> Okay, there's a non-wedding application, and that's in the Mitlid Ebbets in the Mamarim for Bamidbar. You'll find it in volume five. He says this also applies to Kaddish Atmecha Motelacha, uh, that you have to be careful about, uh, for example, eating to make sure that you're eating for the right reasons, that you're involved in Gashmias for the right reasons. He says there that there is a masculine fire and a feminine fire. There's a fire on the side of Klippa that is masculine, a fire on the side of Klippa that's feminine. When we engage in Gashmias just to serve Hashem, that is, that I eat purely to get the energy to serve Hashem, etc., etc., you understand what it means to have a little bit of Iskaf. When I engage in the physical world for the right reasons, then I am tapping into the holy masculine fire and the holy feminine fire. When I engage in Gashmis because I want it, then I tap into the chasashalm, the klippa of the masculine fire and the klippa of the feminine fire. I don't know exactly what he's talking about when he says that, but it's probably what's in Darachayim, in the fifth parak of Darachayim. Fifth parak of Darachayim, as Mendel knows well, he talks about Eifel and Afela. That is, Eifel is the masculine darkness of klippa. That's, uh, that's, the, that's the masculine klippa of kes, kesed klippa on the masculine side. Afela is the kesed klippa on the feminine side. Long story short about Eiffel and Afela is that both of them don't necessarily feel like they're attacking you. But when it comes to Eiffel, that's the masculine side of Klippa, you don't know how you got sick, but you know you're sick. That is, suddenly you're surrounded by Avedas, you're surrounded by Taivas, and you know that it's bad, but you have no idea how you got here. Things were going great on Rosh Hashanah, and now I'm back to the way I was before. That's called Eiffel. Afela is much darker. Afela is when someone is sick and they don't even know they're sick. I assume this is the breakdown between a Rosh Hashanah and a Rosh Hashanah, where on one hand you have somebody who recognizes they've got stuff to work on, they don't necessarily know where their problems are coming from, so they're in a state of darkness, but at least they feel the problem. There are some people, Rahman al-Litzlan, and I think we might find bits of this in our own lives too, if we look carefully, especially on these days of slichas. There are some things that we don't even recognize we're sick about. We simply say, this is the way it's going to be, and we've dismissed them as areas of improvement. This is the masculine and feminine klippa. This ultimately comes from, according to the Mitle Rebbe, not being careful with Kaddish Atzmah This comes from not being careful with Hiskafia, engaging in the physical world, not for, its own, not, not for Hashem, but for the enjoyment of it. That means one, that's also one of the solutions. However, the uh, Mitle Rebbe also says that if you want to cure Afela, Hiskafia is not going to be enough. The only way to cure Afela is with tears, and that is certainly something to try tomorrow by Slichas. Thank you all very much.